0: make it a third straight loss for the Pittsburgh Penguins. They get shut out for the first time in quite a long time. A 3 nothing loss to the New York Rangers and the Penguins, you know, played well in spurts. But again, you know, just a couple fundamental issues that I am going to go over, you know, the first two goals, especially with, you know, why the system was just not working at the time. I have a full game recap episode coming up right for you all. After this drop with Rachel Knowns of the Hockey Writers, I'm basically maybe going to ban her from coming on the show after this because Penguins are now 0 2, and I've been bringing her on. So look for that episode to come up right after this drop.
1: You're locked on Penguins, your daily podcast on the Pittsburgh Penguins, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
0: Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at lo underscore Penguins. And of course, thank you all so much for making this your first listen of the day. Joining me now, of course, is Rachel Nones of the Hockey Writers. And as I said in my intro, uh, this is the second time she's come on, the second time the Rangers have won. Um, I think we're just going to have to banish her from the podcast after this because, um we needed some new mojo in here if these two teams are going to play each other in the playoffs, but uh, let's just get right into it, Rachel. So the Penguins, they lose their third straight to the Rangers. They have only scored one even strength goal against them this year, which is, um, it's not acceptable to say the least from a Penguins perspective. Um, what were your main takeaways um, from this game as the Rangers won their third in a row against them?
1: I think they pretty much just stuck to the kind of systems that they were playing to beat the Pens in the other three games. Um, so i think that they just kind of knew what plan to execute here i just think that the rangers were just faster and they just controlled pretty much every aspect of the game um once again i would say so um i just think that they've kind of followed a system where you just have everyone you know chipping in offensively i thought because the looked really good tonight and he was definitely on top of the pens and definitely was chipping in in all areas Um, and I think some of the defense for the Rangers slacked a little tonight. I thought some players looked off. So definitely when you're in that kind of situation, you will need the forwards to chip in. So obviously Igor Shuster can look good too. So when you have him in net, there's not a lot that you need to do um, in order to dominate the game. But just another, another night for the Rangers where they just looked really good.
0: Yeah, you know, it was, you know, going into tonight, you know, I saw the Philip Hollander call up. I'm like, okay, Taylor Haas put out that that was not an emergency call up. It's an actual call because it looks like someone could be hurt or sick. I'm like, okay, well, Penguins have been having the stomach bug. Of course, Sidney Crosby and John Marino and Redeem will have to miss the game. I believe it's at least a third of the team that's had this stomach bug. And, you know, I tweeted out before the game, I would have been stunned if they won this game, almost as stunned as opening night in Tampa Bay. Um, But, you know, it still wouldn't have ranked. Above that to say the least, but you know, the penguins um they had some chances, but they really couldn't do anything with them. You know, again, this is another game where they're not putting traffic in front of Shusterkin, and they're making it easy on him, I think, to say the least, you know, to beat a goalie who is this good and has been this good for an entire year, he's gonna win the Vezina trophy. You have to put bodies in front of them so he can't see the puck. You know, even in the last matchup, which was a 50 50 in Pittsburgh, the Penguins lost that game three to two. You know, a couple of the goals that the Penguins scored, Shusterkin didn't even see the puck. But tonight, Penguins are getting these decent looks, but. He's seeing it all the way. You know, one one of the chances I think was late in the third period. Crystal Tangs on the power play. You know, nice shot, but that's an easy glove save for someone who you know he can see it the entire time. So, um, I feel like that's just been a big issue for the Penguins against the Rangers this year. Is that they're they're not doing enough to disrupt him because you know this is a goalie. His play has dipped a little bit lately. Maybe it's due to you know him playing a lot. Tristan Jari's in that same boat. I kind of think even though I think he was fine tonight, but you know the Penguins they, they just didn't make it um hard enough on him again and you know they paid the price for it dearly and you know that's honestly been you know the, the story of these last three matchups and you know they just their five on five play has not been good enough against new york um you know i know i've gone on record and said that you know i, I like the penguins chances against the rangers though with these with these last three meetings you know i'm starting to get you know i guess less optimistic than I was. I still think the Penguins can beat them if they're fully healthy, but that's basically a myth at this point. But, you know, with how they're playing right now, um, they have to figure some stuff out these final 10 games because um, this is not the team that I think a lot of us have seen all year. um, And I don't think this was an acceptable performance by them at all. But, you know, kudos to the Rangers? They stuck with it after the first period. They played good, sound defensive hockey, and they were able to capitalize on their chances in the second period. And, you know, I'm going to get to those breakdowns in just a minute. But, um, you know, it, it's always funny, Rachel. Frank Vitrano just has to score against the Penguins every time. This is Jordan Eberly stuff at this point. I know Penguins fans that listen to this show know exactly what Jordan Eberle does every time he plays against the The last two playoff series with the Islanders. Um, He just always has the number. Um, Though I think with that play, he took advantage of Brian Dumoulin not making a good play. And um, I think the time might be coming where he might be out of the lineup sooner rather than later. But, you know, what what did you see on the first couple of goals um, that really piqued your eye? The Panarin one and then, of course, the Vetrano one.
1: Definitely. So I think that with the Rangers, whoever they're playing, they definitely have a long checklist of things that they need to, you know, succeed if they're going to win against this team. So obviously you have to stay on Panarin. Um, I think everybody at this point knows what kind of player he is and he's on a roll right now. So not only do you have to stay, you know, on top of Panarin, but you still have to find a way to beat Shisterkin. So when it comes to the Penguins, too, you know, you also have to stay on Vitrano. So I just think that there were way too many things that the Pens would have had to accomplish and really stay on for the whole 60 minutes. And I just think that at this point, it was just too much. Um, and the Rangers are just finding ways to win. That's kind of been their thing for the past, you know, season or two, where they've just been pulling out these wins. Obviously, Shesterkin's been a huge part of that. And it just may end up being a thing where Pittsburgh's just a team that Chesterkin, you know, always shows up for, and he's putting up career numbers against. So it might just be one of those things. Obviously, as you mentioned, he dipped a little bit, um, and Ranger fans definitely know what he's capable of. Um, so it's just really nice to see. I mean, he was just on top of the Penguins, shutting down every chance that they had. So um, he just looked great tonight. And... um
0: you know, same thing with yeah. No, I, I definitely agree with that. And you know, just going back to the first goal, I think with what went wrong. I mean, you know, there was that cross ice pass was there, and you know, when the Penguins are forechecking really aggressively and they're playing Mike Sullivan system to a T, that pass is not there. But it was really passive, and you know, it's it's a little concerning to me that those kind of plays are happening this late in the season. These are fundamentals that you know are basically you know day one for his system. But, you know, the the back checker was not there. Cross-ice pass easily goes through. Letang has Kreider and he's playing good defense. But then for some reason, Brian Dumoulin comes over, leaves Vetrano, basically unmarked on the other side, and then he's able to stick it. I think it was five-hole pass Tristan. Um, At this point, you know, this is, you know, for obviously the Penguins fans out there, um, this is really concerning with Brian Dumoulin. Um, Aside from a, a, a small stretch of this season, I don't think he's been that good. I think he's going to be trade bait in the offseason if he doesn't clean this up. Um, I appreciate everything he has done for this franchise. He's always going to be you know, one of their better defensemen who have come through the pipeline. But right now, um, it, it's not working out. And you know, I, I don't know if he should be healthy scratch. I know Mark Friedman's actually been playing pretty well. Rachel doesn't like to hear that because she's not a Mark Friedman fan over here. But um, I'm not saying to put Friedman on the top pairing, but you know, maybe try something else at this point out there with Latani because I think he's suffering playing next to Brian Newman when um, that's really never been the case, at least in my opinion. And, and then for the Panarin goal too, the same kind of thing happened. you know Jesse Marshall of The Athletic was talking about it on Twitter. Um, a cross-ice pass, which you never really see is there. There's usually a Penguin four-checker right there to pick it off. It goes by, and then Panarin, you know, he's able to go cut to the center of the ice. All the four-checkers are well behind the play, and there's just no resistance. He's able to bury it. Um, backhand, top cheese, and you know that, that that that's those are the main differences in the game going into the third period. I didn't really think the Penguins had a shot um, at even coming back at that point. So you know those were the main two differences for me. We um, still have a lot more to get to for this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. We're going to get into more thoughts um, about the game too. But before we get to that, BetOnline.net is your number one source for all of your sports betting needs and sports info. You can find all the latest sports developments, including this week's Masters Championships odds, podcasts, and reviews for all the different leagues this season. BetOnline is your continued source for all of your sports wagering information, including live betting, esports, and scores. You can head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. That is BetOnline where the game starts. All right. We're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter at Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at LL underscore Penguins. So, you know, Rachel, I think, you know, one player, I know you're going to appreciate me for saying this, you know, a player that, you know, continues to catch my eye. Uh, I think you've been basically banging this drum um, as part of Rangers Twitter. Um, You know, Schneider looked pretty good again tonight. Um, Now, he, he, Obviously he's a really young kid. This is really his first NHL experience. Um, you know, do you see him contributing more down the stretch and into the playoffs or do you see this as just a flash in the hand? Because personally, you know, I think, you know, he should be playing on an every night basis over someone like Justin Bronian. He was making a couple of the Penguins tonight, Penguins players tonight, excuse me, look pretty silly to say the least.
1: Yeah. I think he'll contribute to keep up the pace. I think he's been pretty steady. Um, I don't really think that many people would have thought that he would have jumped in this season and performed the way that he is. Just he's, you know, playing like a veteran at this point. He's very reliable. Um, There were just a couple times tonight when I thought, you know, he looked a little bit shaky, but I also thought, you know, Keandre Miller looked a little bit shaky. Um, You know, it would be a good time for him to get a little bit more physical, which I could say the same thing about Schneider. Obviously, he had his first fight against the New Jersey Devils a couple of nights ago. Uh, just from what we've seen in his career earlier, we know that he can get physical. So I think that even though he's playing very reliably right now, I think that there's still another level of his game. And I think that physicality is going to be another part of it. So I think he's going to keep continuing to play well. I'm really excited to see what they do in the postseason. Um, you know, regardless of how far that they go, I think it's going to be a really good learning opportunity for him. And I just think his confidence is so high right now, and he's just kind of really using that to his advantage, which is what you want to see for a young player.
0: Yeah, you know, again, you know, he if he's not in their top – well, if he's not in their top six for def- defense at least uh, come playoff time, I do think there is some sort of issue there because, you know, he's he's definitely – these last couple of matchups he's played really well um, against the Penguins, um, you know, keeping with that, you know, the top line for the Penguins tonight was not that good. And I know Evgeny Malkin on the top line with Jake Gensels and Brian Rust, it's a different story. Um, Say so it is more comfortable playing with them, even though Malkin and Gensel put up some pretty good numbers um, together that are expected goals for is always around, I think. or something like that. Their high danger chance of score is always um, right around up there too. But no, the Rangers, I thought, did a really nice job of shutting down that line. And, you know, when you shut down that line, especially without Cindy Crosby, you know, there's really not much else the Penguins can do, at least lately. I mean, the depth scoring, it came back up a little bit, but then these last couple of games, it's just, it's kind of gone away a little bit again. And tonight when the Penguins badly needed some of their depth to step up and, you know, try to get them a point or two, um, it just didn't happen. You know, Danton Heinen, you know, he had a couple of good chances for made some nice saves. Um, Teddy Blueger had almost a half empty net. He shot it um, up high. A lot of shots from some of the other depth players just went either way wide or way above the net. Um, you know, what did you, how did you assess just what the Rangers did to neutralize the penguins, you know, new look top line and how that was able to, you know, dictate how the game went.
1: So definitely not even like tonight's game, but I think the Rangers should get a lot of credit for shutting down Brian Rust in particular, this whole series. I think Brian Rust is a really fun player to watch. I think he can really come up with some clutch goals and I think he's a little underrated. Um, I don't know if people of other teams really pay enough attention to him. Personally, I think that he's a really fun player to watch, but um, I think that he's, he's a sneaky scorer and, and he hasn't obviously scored at all on the Rangers. So this season. So I think that they should get a lot of credit for that, especially Jake Gensel as well. Um, Obviously, we know that he's good at drawing penalties and things like that. And of course, the Rangers didn't stay out of the box, but that's to be expected. It's a physical series. Um, But given that as well, it didn't really get that scrappy until probably the halfway mark. Um, With the previous games, there was like a lot of, you know, pausing and fighting and things like that. But Uh, I think it calmed down. It was still a physical game, but it wasn't really as scrappy this time. But um, I just think the penalty kill for the Rangers was great. Again, that came up big as always. Um, Power play obviously wasn't anything crazy, but that's fine. Um, So, yeah, I just think that they, they deserve a lot of credit. The Rangers obviously did a lot of things well. It wasn't like that they were catching the pens in, like, an off night or anything like that. So, um, they're just doing a lot of things right. Again, with Igor and Nat, they're a hard team to beat.
0: Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And, you know, Brian Rusty, you, you, I like your point with that because honestly, throughout these these four games, he really didn't get a lot of chances, which um, is definitely not the norm for him because he usually crushes a lot of teams every season. I mean, he is on, on his way to getting a boatload of cash from either the Penguins, if they can make it work, or some other team that's going to throw a lot of turn at him as well. And he rightfully deserves it. He is a very good player. Evgeny Malkin, you know, he was definitely a bit more of a ghost tonight. Uh, I wanted to see more of him because, you know, he usually goes into beast mode when Cindy Crosby is not in the lineup tonight. Definitely was not the case. If there was one player on that line that was actually getting chances, it was Jake Ensel. It was just... He was struggling a lot more than he normally does. He had a couple wide open looks that are usually goals for him nine out of ten times. And I've been saying a lot lately because you know he does have a, a th- another 30 plus goal season, but he could have even closer to, to a 40 goal season right now if some of these goals that he usually scores would just go, would just go in the back of the net. Um, and tonight there around I think two to three to even four chances where um, he would usually score them, but you know either Shostak made a heck of a save or he just flubbed on the chances. So um, definitely give the Rangers credit for shutting Jake down just because he's one of the best goal scorers um, in the league, to say the least. You know, I also think, you know, for, for this, for if these two teams do play in the playoffs and it's still trending that way, even though um, the last I checked, I'm, I think Carolina did win tonight. I think they came back against Buffalo. So um, it, it would still be uh, Penguins Rangers, you know, but you know, it's from the Penguins perspective with the goaltending Tristan Jari, you know, he's really only outplayed Igor Shosturkin once during these four games. And in a seven-game series, that's not good enough. You know, he needs to be at a... I, I hate to say this because it's going to sound like I'm a hater, but I, I'm not. I've always praised Tristan Jari on this podcast when he's... need to be praised, and I've always dumped on him when, he, when he's played bad. But I feel like in order for the Penguins to win a series against this team, he has to be at Matt Murray 2017 level when he was at 937 and was just shutting every team down on a nightly basis. Heck, even Marc-Andre Fleury level before, um, you know, he was replaced by Murray. Heck, even 2016 level Matt Murray, I think he was right around 923, 924, if my memory serves me right. And, you know, no one was really doing anything to him. And, you know, and if he is at that level, the Penguins are going to be that much harder to beat if they can turn some stuff around. But right now I just, I don't know if I'm confident enough in Tristan to, you know, Match what Igor can do just because of how he's played against the Penguins um, this year. What, what, what would you be your thoughts on that?
1: Definitely. I mean, we haven't really seen playoff Shusterkin yet, so yeah, I don't really count the qualifiers against Carolina a couple seasons back. So I think, especially with the fact that it's the Penguins uh, likely to be the matchup, I think that that's just going to bring another level to his game, especially being his first playoff series. So, yeah, I mean, I just, I'm just curious to see how it is. Obviously, you have a couple of guys who have the playoff experience, um, like Chris Kreider. And, of course, he's in that big leadership role. Um, Then you have Braun, if he is playing. um, And who knows what the defense pairing, that third pairing, is going to look like for the Rangers. Hopefully, like we mentioned it's Schneider, um, I would prefer to see him with Justin Braun. I think that they played really well the other night. So... You're definitely going to need to help Igor in the playoffs. You're definitely going to need to have those three sound D pairs in front of him. So hopefully that's sorted. And then you just have Igor playing. I mean, he just looks incredibly calm every game, and, and you rarely catch him out of position. He just tracks the puck so well. So I I don't see any reason why their performance wouldn't transfer over. The only thing that would scare me a little bit would be the even strength scoring and just... Hopefully the depth uh, is there in the postseason. I think that if you were to consider if the Rangers would be beating the Penguins prior to the trade deadline and those acquisitions obviously make a huge difference, um, you got to actually kind of be thankful that the schedule was set up the way that it was just because I don't know if the Rangers would be beating the Penguins in this situation um, without the acquisitions that they made at the trade deadline. Obviously, Viterano was huge. So especially Cop too, um, you know, he got an assist tonight. So I just think all those factors, um, you know, they're just working really well together. The fact that all the acquisitions are playing really well uh, before they head into playoffs with these final games coming down to it. I just think it's really good timing. So obviously we know playoffs are a completely different story, but um, I feel pretty good going into it.
0: Yeah. And, you know, speaking to your point about, you know, Igor in the playoffs, you know, I think it's the same with the Penguins defense. Um, I know the easy thing for some of the fans is to always blame Tristan for what happens, especially um, with tonight, if people want to say he wants any of those goals back, but you know, the reality of the situation is, you know, some of the defensemen in front of them failed. And again, you know, Chad Riddle on the second goal, he's kind of just sitting in no man's land watching Artemi Panarin do his thing. The first one, Brian Doolin is caught way out of position. You know, those are the differences in these very tight games because this was a zero zero game going into the second, you know, who knows what could have happened. Um, if the penguins defensemen, you know, they actually play those two plays, right. You know, it's, it's probably scoreless. And again, you know, I, I don't, I don't know what happens, but you know, it's just, it's the small things like that, that can really, you know, either turn a game in a team's favor or even turn a series in their favor. And I think the penguins, you know, Their blue line is just going to have to be a lot better in front of them to actually give him a shot you know, at making some of these saves, to say the least. But still a little more to get to for this episode coming up in the last segment. So stick around for that right after this commercial break. All right, we're back here on this episode of the Locked on Penguins podcast. I am your host, Hunter Hodes. Remember to follow me on Twitter, Hunter Hodes. Follow the show's Twitter at penguins. So Rachel, you know I'm I'm not usually a big physical person when it comes to hockey. You know I you know I, I always like a clean hit every now and then, but you know I'm not a, a big proponent of fighting and all that. But I couldn't help but notice it definitely got a little bit chippy there in the third period. I think the Penguins were just a bit pissed off um, with how the result was going. You know I've seen that I've seen teams do that against them. And, you know, Igor was basically, I think, I think just was either waving goodbye to them or he was just yapping. I think that was a motion to Mark Freeman because he was running his mouth a lot to Chris Kreider. And that, that's what's just what, that's what the chaos boy does. He just likes to troll people and run his mouth. Um, you know, do you see any of this physicality um, carrying over into the playoffs as well?
1: Definitely. So we saw Kreider get involved at the end too. Yeah. Uh, seems to be another one contributing to the little mouth hand gestures. But yeah, I definitely think that'll carry over. Um, you know, the Rangers are in a position where they're finally going to be in the playoffs again. I think that that's just going to be an emotional series for them. So I think that they are going to, you know, step up and be physical again. Um, Especially if you have Ryan Reeves out there, as always, you know, he's definitely going to be contributing to that. But um, yeah, I'm, I'm not a fan of those agitators, so um, especially when we just saw you know, Braden Schneider fight the other day, I think that's going to appear again, so he just wants to keep making a case to stay in the lineup. I think that he's already proved that case, but I know he would definitely take it further if he needs to, so I definitely think that's going to carry over. I know when the goaltender is kind of jumping in on that <laughs> when the, uh, when the final period is done then that kind of gives you an indicator
0: too as to the motions with the series. Yeah. Um, and the Penguins, again, I've said this about 5,000 times. They're, they're not really a physical team. It's, it's not their MO, but I mean, I, I saw Evgeny Malkin. He he was barking at Barkley Goudreau there a few times. I think even during the game, I think Josh Yewey was putting this on social media that he was barking at the linesmen, some of the, the officials about stuff. And you know, that usually means he's going to snap. And eventually no, he did. He was obviously a bit, um, upset that the game was not going their way and he wasn't capitalizing on their chances. So um, it will definitely be, you know, I'll be curious to see how much of that does carry over because, you know, after all, um, this is a rivalry. Now, Rachel, you know, last thing before I let you go, um, there's about 10 games left for each of our teams. You know, what are you looking forward to seeing for the Rangers here as they close out the regular season and, and you know, head into next month's playoffs?
1: The two things I would say are I just would like to see the defense continue to play well. I just think that they deserve a lot of credit for how well they've really gelled in such a short amount of time. Obviously, it helps when you have a Norris Trophy winner, you know, on your top pairing. So I think that Ryan Lindgren deserves a lot of credit as always as well. He's definitely not a flashy player, so I think that he goes a little under the radar for the most part. But um, everyone like that, I mean... Miller and truba they're a really good pairing. I think the way that Miller's matured so quickly really allowed Truba to play his full game. And there's no type of babysitting or anything like that. It's a really young defensive core, obviously. And when they went out in the trade deadline, obviously they wanted to pick up a couple options just to have that versatility and some depth in all areas of the roster. So they definitely have options, which is nice. Um, You know, you get a fine pairing with Nemeth and Schneider, but I think if you're going to go Braun and Schneider, you're obviously going to get a stronger defense in total. So I would just like to see that uh, the defense just continue to do well. I think a lot of the pairs have such good chemistry. But I think that says a lot about Schneider's game too, not to keep um, harping on this. But I think that says a lot about his game too, is that he's still performing. Pretty steadily in his rookie season with whichever partner he's with. We've seen him with, I think, at least three different partners this season, um, one also being rookie Zach Jones. So I like to see defense. And I think just seeing the depth that they went after in the trade deadline, I, I would like to see Kopp continue to perform Petrano I would like to see Tyler Mock get his first goal. Hopefully he's okay after the hit um with that obviously there's no update thus far but yeah I would just like to see them um continue to get on the score sheet obviously you don't need to get on the score sheet to do your job and do it well but I think all three of those pick up, pickups have done that really well so um and would like to see Kreider get 50 goals so.
0: Well, I'll pass on that last one, Rachel. That's for sure. Um, but, you know, for, from a Penguins perspective, um, you know, I know a lot of the fan base is definitely up in arms right now. I get it. You know, the team's lost six to eight, three in a row. They're not playing well. Um, first and foremost, they got to get healthy. they got to stop the stomach bug that's going around and giving a bunch of the players diarrhea or whatever the heck they're throwing up or whatever. Um, Sid has to come back. I'm sure he will. Um, John Marino is going to be back. Um, hope I think Jason Zulker and Brock McGinn will hopefully be back this weekend. Brock is... Eldridge will come off of IR, a long-term IR, that is, on Saturday. Would not be surprised if he's back then, and hopefully Jason is too. That, that's the most important thing. B, you know, this guy got to clean up defensively, get that four check going again, and, you know, hopefully sooner rather than later they'll be able to run four lines and, you know, start dictating the pace and taking over games like they were when they were mostly healthy, even just as, you know, as recent as about a week and a half to two weeks ago. So those are my main things. Again, you know, this team is right now very safe, in the playoffs, I know some people are going to be fearful that they're going to slip down to the wild card and have to play Florida in the first round. But, you know, let's just – let's see what happens. These next two games, the back-to-back this weekend against the, the uh, Capitals and the Predators. Um, I know the schedule has been very tough on the Penguins. I get it. But, you know, these are games that y- y- you got to win um, at this point. We'll see if the Penguins can um, – snap this losing streak on Saturday afternoon against the Washington Capitals. But um, Rachel, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I will think about bringing you back on for the playoffs. This will only be after they win a game. If they play, cause I need to get this bad mo- uh, mojo out of here, but um, tell everyone where they can follow you on social media. If they um, have not already and tell them where uh, they can find your work.
1: Yeah. So hopefully it will be a playoff series, um, which would be interesting. So obviously um, I would be on Twitter Covering that series at Rachel NHL um, and at the Hockey Writers where I cover the Rangers as well. Um, So both of those are where I'd be.
0: Yeah, go follow her there. Go, go um, read her work always. She posts, I think, a couple articles every week. She does a tremendous job. Job, excuse me. Um, I am back on Friday for a full preview episode. I'm going to look at the games against both the Capitals and the Predators, see what the Penguins can do to break their losing streak against those two teams, and we'll also have practice updates if the team does practice on Friday. So thank you all so much for listening, and I will talk with you all tomorrow.